scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Yo, what's up, Bucks fans? How you doing? This is the Bucks Sports Trilogy Podcast here. I'm your host, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla. Of course, I'm here with Tyler T. Plush and Trevor Sunshine. We are obviously going to be talking Bucks today because we are the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy Podcast. I tried to make it all one word. Alright, it is free agency time in the NBA we had free agency start Sunday it was different it didn't start right at midnight it started at five o'clock central time on Sunday and it was pretty much over by midnight on Sunday what did you guys think of the free agency rush it's so crazy (laughs) Uh, I don't even know where to begin with the biggest shocker? I think outside of the Bucks, Kevin Durant really surprised me the most. I did not see that coming, and I am not thrilled to have him in the East. That's—I mean, granted, he can't play next year, but I feel like it just kind of slims down the Bucks window per se. Um, so first off, I love the change. I love that it's during a normal human time now um and we can actually kind of see and react to the moves as they're going on live unless you don't have a job um which i just really like that and really appreciated that from the nba um secondly does it really close their window that much like i get it makes it tougher in the east but like did you really have that much much confidence that the Bucks were going to be able, be able to beat a fully healthy Warriors team in the finals? And if they had a fully healthy team next year, did you think that would be any better of a window for the Bucks than Kevin Durant in the East? That's that's a fair point. Uh, it's just it felt like so many things went right for the Bucks last year that it was like. It was destined for us to go to the finals and, you know, bring down the Warriors. I mean, yeah, they were healthy when the playoffs kind of started and then they got worse. But, uh, I mean, I think in terms of getting out of the East, um, I mean, it obviously got a lot harder, not just with the Nets, but the 76ers got really good as well. So, um, you know, there's if you kind of look at the rosters now, I feel like there's no real guarantee we could even get back to the finals next year with just how good everybody else got i mean obviously we need the season to play out and more moves to happen but like that gut reaction just tells me things got a lot harder even with Giannis, you know still improving and hopefully 
bringing his game up another level, which is hard to do as our he's now our official MVP. <laughs> so, uh, well, I I guess if Kawhi leaves, doesn't it kind of just even out? Yeah, it stays the same, really. Yeah. Because it doesn't sound like Kawhi's staying in Toronto. I mean, there's no, like, guarantee on that yet as we're recording this, but it doesn't sound – it sounds like the Clippers or the Lakers is where he's going, at least from what I've been seeing. Hopefully the Clippers. Yeah, no kidding. fuck the Lakers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he – yeah, I, like we were saying, I, I mean, you got the Sixers, yeah, they do scare me a lot now. Uh, we'll see how that rotation goes. Al Horford at power forward might not work out too well in this day and age in the NBA. Um, then you got the Nets obviously got better. Um, maybe not going to be great this year with KD out, but I think, yeah, they got better. The Heat, who the hell knows what's going on there. They'll be okay. They'll make the playoffs now. Um Pistons, maybe. I don't know. I don't see it changing too much. So, one, I have a couple things I want to say about the rest of the NBA. Then we should probably get to the Bucks part of this. But, um, the 76ers, yes, on paper they got better, but I, I don't know if they're going to be any better on the court next year. Um, Al Horford's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I just don't see how it's going to work with, Ben Simmons, who can't shoot out of, outside of five feet. Joel Embiid will shoot from the three-point line, but he's definitely not good at it. I think Gian, he's probably pretty close to Giannis with the way Giannis ended the season shooting threes this year. Um, I honestly have more confidence in Giannis shooting a three than Joel. So, like, I just don't see how it's going to work all that well. There's a lot of clogging in the middle and yeah Horford can just pick and pop and stand out at the three-point line but I don't see how much that's going to help them um and honestly outside of that and obviously the Nets are like the big winner but next year they're really not because Katie's not there and I don't see Kyrie carrying a team um obviously he had wasn't able to do it in Boston with a better team around him so I don't see him doing it next year without Kevin Durant um, honestly, the team that I thought scared me the most, if they stay healthy, um, is, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but Brogdon to the Pacers, when that team overachieved without really having a star and Oladipo has kind of morphed into a pretty big star in this league, that team scares me more than almost any other team in the East as of right now, starting oh. next year, not Bullshit. You are high. What? <laughs> you are high. You sound like Tyler last last playoffs, predicting they're going to be good. Uh, you got to watch out for them, Pacers, man. <laughs> they lost three very big role players from that team, though. They lost I, Ed Young, they lost Bogdanovich, and they lost uh, Kyle O'Quinn. And Darren Collison, sorry. Yeah, the the Bogdanovich thing hurts them the most, in my opinion. Um, But I don't know. I just, I feel like it could be good. Did they add anyone else other than Brogdon? Jeremy Lamb. 
mean, so they got some shooting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do we want to transition to Brogdon right away since I brought it up? Yeah, so, of course, we all knew that the Bucks were going to have a very busy offseason. Whether or not they were going to bring their guys back, just having so many free agents. So, yeah, the big news... Um, and the one that's getting everyone going is the Brogdon deal. So Malcolm Brogdon did a sign and trade to the Pacers, as Trevor said, and it was a pretty big contract. What was that again? Is it's like twenty five million a year? Yeah, it was. I think it might have been over that. I thought it might have been like, like twenty one and a half. A year. No. It, All right. Well, maybe I can't do math, but well, that's probably so. True. It was that for what they are saying now is a very heavily protected first round pick. Yeah, and I just saw two that. second round picks. Yeah. So, so the go ahead, the, Trevor. Explain the pick. The first round pick that Indiana sent to Milwaukee um, is lottery protected from. 2020 to 2025 which that's six drafts and then it finally becomes unprotected in 2026 so if if the Pacers are good next year that should convey to the Bucks, if I am interpreting that correctly so as long as the Pacers are in the playoffs we should get their pick next year um, but if they're bad and I think there's a possibility, even though I said that team kind of scares me. Um, unless unless Kawhi goes back to the Raptors, then that team obviously scares me the most, but I don't know. Um, so I think we will get it. I think that team is going to be good enough to make it to the playoffs, so I think we should get that pick next year, and, I mean, hopefully we do with how many first-round picks we gave up. And I think that might be a big thing for fans is – if we don't get that pick till 2026, that might be more of a negative aspect of this trade. Yeah, there's, it's going to come over to us one of the next few years. If somehow the Pacers don't make it this coming year, they're still so young. They'll make, they'll make it eventually. East isn't that deep yet. But... Uh, overall, how about the whole Brogdon thing? Are you guys okay with how that all went down? Yeah, I mean, I figured a team was going to get him for over 20 mil, which we discussed all season long. We thought was too much for Brogdon, but, you know, it's it's kind of like the opposite of this, what happens K-Mid. If someone wasn't going to ask or offer him close to a, mass, a max, somebody would snatch him up from us, and I think Essentially, that's what's going on. Um, I think it's interesting that they have they have Aladipo, Lamb, and Brogdon, so they must be planning to use Brogdon as a point guard in Indiana. Um, yeah. But we'll see. He obviously did that a little bit for us. Um, but I mean, that production's it's going to be hard to you know recreate that. Um, obviously, we brought some other key guys back um, who can maybe fill that void a little bit, but. You know, it's, it's a huge hole, and I think it'll give other guys on the Bucks team uh, more opportunities, so hopefully they grow in the offseason and are able to jump on board there. 
Yeah, it gives a lot of opportunity for guys to fill that hole. Trevor. Um, that's what she said. Second. No one's going to say it. What? No one's going to say that's what she said. I did. Nope. <laughs> oh, you cut out. Oh, I, I definitely said it. Um, so I looked at the numbers. It was four years, 85 million, right? So then I did the math. So an average value of 21 and a quarter a year for Brogdon. Okay. Um, so my personal like max range on Brogdon with thinking about the salary cap and the luxury tax and all that was like, I didn't think he was worth more than Bledsoe in my opinion, even with a terrible playoffs from Bledsoe. Um, but I was like, my max was 18, maybe 18 and a half. So the fact that the Bucks were able to get something out of it, I think is huge. And I just don't think they were going to pay it with the foot concerns. And from everything that's been out there, it really didn't sound like Malcolm wanted to be there. So why pay a guy that much money who really doesn't want to be there has some injury concerns. Um, so as much as it sucks losing a guy that can contribute like Malcolm, um, I mean, having a 50-40-90 season, what, he's the ninth player in league history that's done it or something ridiculous like that. So obviously that hurts, but I think given the circumstances and how much money Indiana was going to give him, um, I, I think you had to walk away. And like I said, the fact that John Horse was able to recap some assets and maybe those are used at the trade deadline or later in the offseason or sometime at all during the regular season to get a veteran player to kind of make this team better throughout the year when they decide what they need and all of that stuff. So, Yeah, or it might be during uh, in the next coming days to get rid of either Urson or John Lewis' contract. Um, you know, I've been hearing a lot of crap thrown at John Horst about this look people are saying Malcolm Brogdon might have been like the second best player on the Bucks towards the end of the season no no alright cut that shit out there's no way he was the second best player he might have been the most consistent maybe uh, he was better than he was better than Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs I think George Hill was better than Brogdon in the playoffs granted Brogdon got a series and a half and a game but again he was hurt you got Chris Middleton obviously earned maybe not that high of a contract in my opinion but he earned a lot of money because he is a good player uh Brooke Lopez stepped up he was great during the playoffs so you can't tell me that Malcolm Brogdon was the second best player on our team I don't. Do you guys agree with me there? I agree. I think you nailed it because he was consistent. But like with the Bucks' offense, he—I don't want to say he can pick and choose when he shoots, but he's not like the go-to guy in the offense. Whereas you know, going to Indiana now, I don't know exactly when Aladipo is going to come back. Uh, I don't think Jeremy Lamb's like your number one option. Like I don't know if the Pacers have a true number one option really. Um, so I think I never thought he would have to do that role and it was never asked of him so I don't think there's any way you can say he was the second best player when we all knew Chris was our second option all along 
Yes, I get it. Um, that Malcolm Brogdon was very consistent all year, and he was very good all year. But like Tyler said, he wasn't asked to do the thing a number two was asked to do. <laughs> For my money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For my money, yeah. he's like in the pecking order offensively. When you're watching this team throughout the regular season, um, especially during the regular season, not really the postseason because there was some bad performances and just not consistent overall. But number one, Giannis, obviously, in the starting lineup. Then Chris, then Bled, then I think Brooke had a bigger role offensively, and then Malcolm. And then at times, George Hill was above him um, offensively in terms of like pecking order, it seemed, when they were on the court together. So, like, I, d- I just don't understand that argument at all. Yes, he was very good, very consistent, but he also just, he's not a guy that's going to always have the ball in his hand and play make for you. He's a guy that's going to stand at the three point line and shoot threes. <laughs> no, uh, on our team, he was a very good role player that's that's what he was he was a he was a catch and shoot guy he could also drive and kick which was great and he was a solid defensive player but he was a role player right and you're telling me as a bucks fan you get all right so we get this amazing season you get a taste of what it's like to be on the top and now you want to throw all the money in the world to keep that exact same team so you want to throw $21 million over in the next four years to a role player. Now I understand we're probably going to be in the luxury anyways, and you can be mad at the owners all you want for not wanting to pay the luxury tax. But the simple fact is that's four years that we are deep in the luxury tax. Deep. And that's not including the huge pay raise Giannis is going to be getting. Now... So, who knows? Maybe Brogdon gets hurt again. Knock on wood, I hope he doesn't. But Brogdon gets hurt, or he doesn't perform as consistently as he did, or whatever. Chris doesn't, or any of these contracts go wrong. You know how bad it, or how hard it would be to get rid of all those contracts? To either start over, or try to change it up? We saw how horrible it was to get rid of Delhi and John Henson and all those Tony Snell and those were contracts for half the amount of money he was getting so I think we need to back off of John Horst he was executive of the the year for a reason the Bucks obviously had a plan bringing in Wes Matthews on a veteran minimum so almost 20 million dollars less so let's let's chill out on this whole Brogdon thing. I'm gonna miss him, of course, but that was a ton of money, too much for us. And we come away with a couple picks, which we desperately need after unloading again all those shitty contracts already. Anything in there offend you guys, or anything you want to talk about? Uh, no. You he did a really good job. Uh. Yeah, I think it's just really important to remember what you said with everyone else's contracts. <laughs> and we brought up the injuries, but he's been injured the last what three years in a row with the Bucks. Thirty. So. He missed in the last two years. He's missed uh, sixty games, so thirty each season. Yeah. 
yeah, that's that's a lot of money to throw at a role player who you don't know is going to make it through a full NBA season. Trevor? Um, I got, I'm kind of out of thoughts on Malcolm. Let's, let's go to our next free agent. All right. Well, you know, we're going to jump to bringing in Wes Matthews just because it directly correlates. Um, obviously the biggest thing with Malcolm was, well, I shouldn't say, but the thing he, everyone really likes about him and why they wanted to keep him was he was a 50, 40, 90 shooter last season. Now let me tell you a little bit about Wes Matthews. Over his entire career, he's shooting 47% from the floor, just a bit under 50%. His career three-point percentage is 38%. Again, just a little bit below 40%. His career percent from the line is 82%. Now that's not necessarily as close to 90, but that's still pretty damn high, and that's well above our team's average, especially in the fucking playoffs. So last year he averaged 12.2 points for the Pacers. Uh, he spent some time with the Mavericks and the Knicks. Not much time with the Knicks, but he's 32. He is an efficient shooter. I believe his shooting from catch and shoot was about 47%. Uh, his corner shooting ranked in, I believe it was the 85th percentile. So, or no, sorry. Sorry, Wesley Matthews shot an effective field goal percentage of 61% in catch and shoot situations, including 71% when left open last season. So the guy is very consistent as well. Much cheaper. What do you guys think of Wes Matthews? Well, at first when we signed him, I got scared because I didn't see the, the contract details. <laughs> and Fair. I'm pretty sure he was severely overpaid in Dallas, which I think is one reason. One reason I was like, I don't know. But then I saw for the vet men, I'm like, oh, that is a steal then uh, for just everything you just said. Uh, so... I think it'll be interesting to kind of watch the rotations and how that shakes out between him, Pat, who's obviously going to be a, in, hopefully on an increased scoring role for us next year, and then Sterling Brown, another 3 and D guy essentially. So that rotation's going to be fun to watch and see who kind of really wins it or if it kind of rotates around like it did this year. So just based on this past year, and what we saw from Bud in his rotations, yeah, he changed it up, and he he really, whenever he felt like there needed to be a change, he would change it. But I just see him starting with Wes Matthews and kind of sticking with him throughout because it seems like a perfect player, a guy who can play some pretty good defense, and obviously, Scott said, from the catch-and-shoot three, he's shooting 47%. Even if that's all he does on offense, that is a ginormous win for this team and this system, especially with Giannis driving. Now you have uh, Lopez, you have Wes Matthews out there, you have Chris, and then Hill if he's out there or Bledsoe. 
um, which is just another driver that you could utilize that with. Uh, and I just think that's going to be huge. And it just kind of reminds me of he likes his veterans, just like he didn't come off of Ursan even when he was playing bad at the beginning of the year. And he just stuck with them, and I, I envision a similar role for Wes Matthews this upcoming season. Yeah, I I think Wes is going to be a great fit. Yeah, He got into the league undrafted, mostly because of his defense. Marquette. Uh, Mar- Marquette player, yeah, he's a dog down down there, man. He's, he's going to dig in, he's going to make it really tough for you. Uh, he was a good three-point shooter as well, and that's pretty much what kept him in the league. And as the years have gone on, he's kind of went away from his defense. I think it might be because he has been given a big role on offense. I mean, with Dallas, the past couple years, they didn't have that much of an offensive kick with Dirk, uh, with Dirk the way he's been the last couple of years. Um, before he retired and then on the Knicks for a little bit no offense and the Pacers once Oladipo went down that's why they brought him in was to take over for him and he did push it he did push his shot quite a bit but he's not going to need to on the Bucks, and he's going to have a specific role on defense and the Pacers were a fantastic defensive team so I think it's a great fit and us bringing him in a day after the Brogdon thing made me feel so much better. And all I could think of when I saw that was trust in Horst. 100%. So, we talked about a new guy that the Bucks brought in for one year. Let's just go back to the guys that we kept. Obviously, we re-signed Brooke Lopez immediately. Chris Middleton right away and George Hill not too long after. So Chris ended up getting the full five years. Not a total max contract. He took a few million under. Um, I'm not sure how much room that keeps for us, but that was good to see. Um, How about we talk about Chris first? What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm glad... We brought it back, especially it wasn't a full max. Um, but, I mean, this is this is what we expected. Um, and I think it's really cool, you know, to see kind of, you know, where Chris came from. You know, I think he's in the kind of his reasonings and why he wanted to re-sign with Milwaukee. You know, I think he says, like, it wasn't that long ago we were a 15-win team. And it's just kind of cool to see how he went from how he grew each and every year and worked his way up basically the hard way to what I'm, I'm just going to call it a max contract. Um, so it's, uh, it's awesome, great success story, and hopefully, you know, we do win a championship because it sounds like him and Giannis, that's like they're determined and they're, that's their lifetime goal. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Bucks were going to pay Chris Middleton what they needed to pay him, and I don't think there was any other option, and – and we talked about it, I think it was on our last podcast, maybe two ago, podcasts ago, I don't remember. Um, but we talked about that the Bucks just if if they didn't spend the $35.6 million a year on Chris Middleton that they did, 
they can't just spend that money on Kawhi or KD or whoever else. Like that money is not just all up for grabs. So they weren't going to make this team better if they let him go. So keeping him at something less than the max, even though it's not that much, it's about 2.4 mil a year less. Um, I, it's it's just nice to have him back, and we needed him back. And if you didn't sign him, I think that would have been a big a big sign for Giannis to not sign that Supermax next summer. So anything you can do to keep Giannis on this team, keep Giannis happy, and compete for a title, because I that's what you're going to need to do to get Giannis to sign that Supermax. That that's what you have to do, and that's what Horst and the Bucks did on this move. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, it was what we needed to do, and that's what Horst did. Uh, let's go on talk about Brook. That's I don't know about you guys, but that guy was the one that I wanted back the most. Yeah, I think for me he was. Our second biggest guy we needed to bring back. I mean, and the obvious reason is just for that floor spacing that he provides on the offensive end. Um, I think the defense he provided this year and all the blocks he was getting, I mean, I'm not going to expect him to do that next year. I I obviously don't hope for a big regression or anything, but um, uh, mainly because I guess I'm hoping the Bucks kind of I hope we don't do the zone drop all of next year. I hope we kind of get more practice at switching and seeing different defensive schemes. So maybe, you know, maybe if that sways his defense or his block totals a little bit, um, that'd be perfect. Just get everybody more ready for the playoffs, essentially. Um, But I think the contract level, it's fitting. And I'm glad we get to see Splash Mountain back out there dropping some long-range threes for the foreseeable future. Yeah, so obviously this was a big contract um, to get done. Uh, the Bucks need Brooke Lopez out there. Um, and I think it was about $12 mil a year, if I remember correctly, that he signed for. Um, so that instantly made me think of some of those bad center contracts. I don't think this is what that is, but it just made me worried, like the Miles Plumley, the John Henson contracts. It just like brought back bad memories. Um, again, I don't think that's what what this is, but um, just the numbers were f- very very close, and I think it was the same for Plumley's contract, uh, what we signed him for. But obviously, it's huge to have Brooke back, um, and I I really don't see a decrease that much of a decrease if any on the defensive side obviously brook is going to chuck three pointers that's what he does um but i i don't see a decrease on the defensive side because yeah Yeah, you might see some more switching next year but i still think bud is gonna be in his base defense at least in first half of games yeah, I, I was listening to the radio the other day and they were talking about what you were saying, Trevor, with the <laughs> with the old contracts from our, for our big guys. And they brought up like Spencer Hawes and Larry Sanders and that. 
It's like, all right, hold on. First off, we didn't sign Spencer Hawes. We traded for him. And Spencer Hawes and Brooke Lopez shouldn't be mentioned in the same sentence. But Miles Palmer shouldn't be mentioned in the same sentence either. I'm sorry. No. And then you look at, so you look at Miles Plumley, Larry Sanders, John Henson. Those are the main bad contracts. They were younger guys at the time. Defensive studs, no real offensive game. And they couldn't shoot at all. So they are not even close to Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is a great player on both ends, and he's a veteran. So what you see is what you get. And if you're worried about him him, uh, getting worse with age, I don't understand how. I mean, it's not like he relies on his athleticism. He's got the slowest (laughs) blow-bys in the NBA. He doesn't. can barely jump over the center line when he does jump balls. I, I'm not worried about him losing a step. He's he's been healthy consistently, knocking on wood. But I don't think it's fair to compare him to those old contracts. But we'll see. It could turn out that he does just fit in with all the rest of them. But let's go on to uh, George Hill. So, George Hill came back, another guy that we really wanted to see. His contract was three years, $29 million. Oh, I don't know if we mentioned Brooks. It was four years, 52 Yeah, Trevor said a little over 12 So, um, yeah, George Hill, a little under $10 million a year. Thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I'm obviously glad we brought him back, the leader of our bench mob. Um, so what we'll just call it a little under 10 mil here a year um i mean i think when you look at players who we have paid 10 million a year uh like tony snell (laughs) um i think that's you gotta be looking at george hill as a steal we saw how big he can be in the playoffs um but we you know we've also seen at times how he can be hesitant to you know kind of drive and create opportunities and shoot the ball um so, you know, those are things he'll need to work on. But overall, the contract-wise, um, I mean, that's I'm very happy with that, and hopefully, he contributes again next year. Um. So, one thing, just to remember, not that it's uh, the biggest of concerns. So, that averages nine point six 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 million. Uh, a year for George, George Hill, but you have to remember in this first year, he has that dead money of a million when we cut him, so it's a little bit more this year, but even still, um, I don't know how they loaded that, if it was front-loaded or back-loaded contract, um, but we are paying him the one million in dead money, um, so we just have to remember that. But overall, this is, for me, this is another part of that Malcolm Brogdon um, trade and stuff because George Hill is going to be the guy that's kind of stepping in to, I feel like maybe, maybe Wes Matthews steps into the starting role. I don't really know. Maybe George Hill continues to come off the bench. Maybe they have, um, George Hill and Bledsoe in the starting lineup. That's kind of weird with two 
point guards out there and then you don't really have one on the bench I don't know um, so maybe he continues to come off the bench but obviously having George Hill back is going to be huge he was he was so consistent this year especially when he's being aggressive and I think that's one thing with another year in bud system I feel like he's going to continue to be more aggressive because we saw it later in the regular season and into the postseason that he was a lot more aggressive. So I'm not too concerned about that. I am just really excited to have him back. And for the numbers, we get Wes Matthews at a minimum, say George Hill at about 10, 11 mil. Um, and we let Brogdon go, who was over 21 million a year. And we get three picks out of it. So the exchange... If you're just looking at the numbers and what kind of players we got and what assets we got, I I think it was the right move. Malcolm just got paid that much that I feel like Horst did the right thing. Yeah, there are not many times when you say John Horst did the wrong thing. So let's hope this isn't one of them. Uh, I agree, though. I love George Hill. I'm very happy he's back. It's... That's the nice thing with him, though, is he is a combo guard. So I'm sure there will be times when we have Bledsoe and George in there together. I'm sure there will be times when we have uh, George coming off the bench. I don't know what we would do as like a backup point guard unless you throw Dante out there or you just say fuck it and let Giannis run point while those two are out. Um, who knows? We'll... We got a lot to play with. That's the wonderful thing with this team is we got a lot of people that can do a lot of different things. So one guy who isn't known for doing a ton of different positions or different things, I guess, is Robin Lopez. Of course, the brother of Brooke Lopez. The Bucks ended up signing him uh, the first night of free agency. It's uh, two years for the um, exception, so it's about what four point eight mil a year, if I'm right. I think so, I think they said four point eight the first year, five the second. Okay, yeah. So that's our exception that we use. Don't need to worry about going into the tax for that or anything. Um, <laughs> but we got Brolo and Rolo. <laughs> They haven't even been on the court together, and I absolutely love it. They, Robin going at Brooke on Twitter, tweeting out some Simpsons gifts because everyone calls him Sideshow Bob. So I'm loving it already. You guys? <laughs> uh, I mean, besides all the humor that it presents, <laughs> uh, I don't It's kind of confusing to me really um obviously not a very big contract and for everything you just said but i mean looking into like the scheme of things he he doesn't shoot threes i mean unless or unless brooke was like i can i'll work on it all summer with him don't worry i mean who knows (laughs) um but i mean career of 53 percent two-point shooter um and then so obviously shoots good there, but then it's like, when's DJ going to play? Is this just, you know, another confirmation that we are for sure going to get rid of Ursan somehow? Um, so it's, it's just a little unclear, I think, right now and still why we brought him in. 
So, I... Again, Scott, you're right. Watching these two together is going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> and they're starting without, like, as soon as the signing happened, it, like, started instantly. So that's, it should be pretty fun uh, to watch on and off the court with those two together. Um, so I was just looking up his shooting splits. So from or at the rim he's shooting about 71% from the field 3 to less than 10 feet he's shooting 53 almost 54% from the field from 10 to less than 16 he's shooting 52% um from 16 feet to the three point line he's shooting 25% and then 22.6 from 3 so Obviously, there's some concerns there with the offensive scheme, like Tyler said. Um, but I do think he is going to shoot more. I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing yet. I guess we will see with how much work he gets in. Um, but honestly, this was the one that pissed me off the most. I, I'm i excited to see them two playing together again. They haven't since they've been at Stanford. But... It just, like Tyler said, it doesn't make sense to me in the scheme. I think he'll help defensively, but I I just don't understand what what the hell are we doing. So now, if they keep Ursan, um, I do think this means John Lohr is off the team 100% for sure now. But if they keep Ursan, we have Giannis, Ursan, DJ Wilson at the power forward, then we have the Lopez brothers at center. One of those guys is not going to get minutes at all. Obviously, we want to see DJ improve. He needs to. We need the young guys with young or small contracts to do that. But in this rotation, I don't see Bud taking Ursan out of the rotation. I don't see he's he's definitely not taking Giannis or Brooke, and I don't see him taking. I think he's going to put Robin Lopez in there before DJ. So I just. I just don't understand the fit at all, and that's the reason I'm hesitant. If he has a plan to move Ursan with one of those picks maybe, then it makes a bit more sense to me, and then we kind of can see then it makes a lot of sense because then DJ's the backup four and you have Robin in the five behind Brooke. That makes a lot of sense to me, but until they make a move like that, it just, I don't get it. Well, so we don't need to play everybody, right? I mean, we have we have depth. That's a good problem to have, right? I think Robin is known as the better defensive uh, of the brothers. So I, I'm excited for that because, I mean, you take Brooke out, then you throw Robin in, can run the same defensive scheme. Um, I think he's got more rim protection there. Granted, Ursan was able to go in and take a charge with that zone drop, but people learn from that and everything. So I, I don't know. I, I like it. He started shooting threes last year when he was on the Bulls, and he made some. Obviously, he still didn't make a ton, but um, there was a. I think there's a lot to like about this signing. I 
<laughs> I'm excited. I mean, again, we got very versatile guys. So we got Chris who can shift down if we need time at the shooting guard now with Malcolm gone. We got Giannis who can shift down. We got DJ Hell. He can even play 3-4-5 if we want him to. So I I think it's fine. I'm I'm excited to bring him in. I think we've done a great job so far in free agency. So I am not going to complain. We still got time for a couple more players. So we got to fill out that roster. And I, I like that they're waiting. They're not going to sign everyone right away. We can see what some guys do in the summer league. Maybe get a couple two-way players there. Um, that will give us a chance to see how Sterling and DJ have progressed so far. And... Um, if we might need to bring someone in to fill in their roles if they're not maybe ready to step up yet. I don't know. We'll see. We are still a deep team, which excites me. We lost, obviously, Malcolm and Nico. We didn't even talk about Nico because I guess we're not that uh, sad to see him go, especially for the money he got. But Still a deep team, guys. Kept the core in place. Hopefully we get that year under the bud system, and that helps us. Hopefully there's a lot of internal development. If anything, it gives DJ more competition, so he still needs to keep battling to improve. So any last thoughts on how the Bucks have handled free agency so far? Yeah, I mean, we haven't addressed Gasol. I mean, he clearly wants to be a Buck still. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's true, but there's no way we resign him. Um, but uh, I'm very happy with everything the Bucks have done, and I think there's still moves to be made, so it'll be fun to watch them unfold. Uh, they better not sign Paul Gasol, even if it's for minimum. Like, the front court has enough players. We need some backcourt depth, in my opinion. Um, there's no need to do that. If Paul wants to come back, he can go to a different team. Um, I don't. Overall, I pretty much love the uh, free agency period so far. Like I said, I think there's going to be something with those picks, whether it's like soon within the next couple weeks or if it's if they're going to wait and see um and see what they can get during the year or closer to the trade deadline um there will be something more with those picks i can't imagine we actually pick with them i i think they're loading up for the upcoming season and a postseason run again um but i mean you guys heard my biggest like what I was most upset about, but in the grand scheme of things, Scott's right. Like having two very good defensive centers, that should be helpful. Um, and it should help with rebounding because Lord knows that's what we needed in games four, five, six in that oh God, freaking yeah. Toronto series. So, yeah. And just, just a reminder, it is still moratorium. So, um, that's why we don't have the exact numbers on what the contracts are going to be like, whether they're front-loaded, back-loaded, whatever, flat rate. Um, yeah, so that also is why we haven't done anything with John Luer yet. 
we're trying we still have time to figure out exactly what we're going to do money wise for our salary cap situation so you know i i'm gonna sit back and let horse do what he does if he decides he wants to bring back Paul Gasol let him I mean we gotta get rid of Lure and maybe Ursan or maybe just one of the two so I'm fine with that we got I think once we get rid of at least Lure we'll have three roster spots open plus the two two ways so yeah we got plenty of moves to make but nothing's gonna be really crazy and I don't see us bringing in another high-end role player um, unless it is part of a trade but again I don't really see anything that big of a shakeup happening so with that we are gonna wrap up our show today um, we still got time for free agency at this moment in time Kawhi Leonard has not signed yet he was regarded as the biggest free agent, but we'll see where he goes. Hopefully, it's out of the East because he and, totally... and not to the Lakers. Yeah, I, I mean, as long as he's not on the Raptors next year, I'll be happy. But yeah, speaking of the Lakers, the Lakers side and Jared Dudley. Oh, they're gonna win it Big all. Big moves. Big moves over there in LA. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people wanted the Bucks to bring him back. Nah. Nah, we're dead. Nah. <laughs> Would we have been better than to... John Luer. Well, we're going to get rid of John Luer. God, dude. And, and we're going to pay him over more than what frickin' they paid Jared Dudley. And he's not even going to be on the team. Relax, but Just we're going to trade him. <laughs> yeah. Big dummy. Alright, with that, enjoy the rest of the free agency, everybody, and make sure you catch some of those summer league games. I mean, granted, we didn't uh, have any draft picks coming in, but we got Sterling DJ and then a couple couple standouts. People lied to us about Thanasis being on the summer league team, which I'm kind of pissed about, but shit happens. So, Enjoy, and as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks, go! And horse to the truck.